Hello, everyone. Inside today's Locked On Canadians, it is the all too early summer 2023 lineup preview for the Montreal Canadiens. Who's in net? Who's in the forward group? Who's on defense? Kent Hughes has a lot of tough choices to make, and there's a lot of competition going on. We're going to get into all those battles and more coming up inside today's show. You are Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 884 of Locked on Canadians. We are, of course, your daily Montreal Canadiens podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, where you get your team every single day of the week. And we are, of course, your hosts. I am Scott Matla, and I'm joined, as always, by the active stick, Laura Saba. And Laura, we got a listener question for today's show, and then we want to take a little time to do all the research on that. So before we introduce, have you introduce the question, I think, how are you doing on what was finally a rather tolerable day uh, in terms of weather here in Buffalo? Oh, here in Montreal, it's raining. <laughs> it's like extensively raining. I'm feeling a little bit better than yesterday for all the listeners uh, who listened yesterday. My voice was a little off. It might even be off today. I'm a little bit under the weather, uh, but on the mend. Um, and this is actually, it's, it wasn't a question that was meant for today. It was a question from a couple of weeks ago. So Joel Edmondson was still in the lineup <laughs> at that point. <laughs> uh, but it came from listener Emmerich. Listener Emmerich sent us two emails about the forwards and the defense um, and the potential lineup. So we decided that we were going to make one up, uh, not completely out of thin air, but make one up out of the roster that the Montreal Canadiens currently have. Yes. Uh, and the hard part with this is a lot of off-season like lineup generators have previous players on long-term injured reserve if they haven't signed their new deal. So like Alex Newhook, Yessi Alone, and et cetera, it is not really possible to add them in in most cases. I did find one that I kind of put together here and to kind of uh, segment the show here a little bit. So in case there's an area that you want to pay closer attention to, we're starting with the goalies. We're going to talk forwards in the middle section. We're going to do defense at the end because I think that is the one that has the most internal competition i guess is how we want to phrase it basically kent hughes has a lot of tough choices to make here if he can't move out some other bodies during the offseason here uh namely dvorak hoffman uh defense maybe a guy like chris weidman potentially and so i guess since we're starting with goalies it's it's very easy to start the year in the nhl barring anything else happening because we haven't heard rumblings or stumblings or bumblings, any kind of smoke around the Canadians moving on from any of their goaltenders. They have Jake Allen. They have Samuel Montembeau. Those are the two that I assume are going to start the season in the NHL as of this moment, with the caveat being that Samuel Montembeau is your 1A Jake Allen is your 1B after the way last season went. That is not a slight on Jake Allen. I just think Samuel Montembeau has earned the right to that net with the way that he's played. No rumors of that potential extension either, so I'm kind of concerned about that a little bit, seeing as where that goes, or if it's just going to be one of those things, maybe it happens or later on. But 
Laura, it, we're definitely going to go see it's going to be Alan Montembeau, at least to start the preseason, I would imagine, correct? Unless somebody offers enough for Jake Allen, that's the way it's going to go. I and think, I think hard- it really is dependent on whether Jake Allen is staying or not, and I'm sure the Montreal Canadiens are listening. I don't know if there anyone's calling, though. And that's the thing is, is that there are teams that probably need a 1B goaltender, a solid backup on any number of teams here. I haven't fully looked through everyone's roster yet because that takes a lot of time. And we want to make sure we get this out in a timely manner to all of you because that is who we are at Locked On Canadians. I think Jake Allen could be a perfectly serviceable backup still. Is he the guy that he once was? Absolutely not. Is he still a a, a cromulent goaltender who has battled some injuries behind a bad Canadian's defense? Also, yes. The big question mark here for me is, can Samuel Montembeau be the guy we saw last year? Can he take that slight step forward? I don't need him to be a 930 goaltender next year. If he was, super cool. Awesome. Great. I'm not expecting that. I'm expecting hopefully like 905, 906 out of Samuel Montembeau which I think is attainable. If he goes above that, great. And I guess the big question is now too, Laura, they have Alan and Montembeau, and we are assuming that if they go into training camp with both of these goaltenders there, which is presumed they will, you have a third option. You have Caden Primo. And I only bring this up because Caden Primo is subject to waivers now. He is not, uh, he, the, last year they could pass him back and forth. There weren't issues, but his time served, whatever the requirements for that are, has passed. Caden Primo is now eligible for waivers. And if he were to be claimed, that leaves one NHL contracted goalie in the AHL, and that would be Jakob Dobish. I look at it more and more right now, and it feels like the plan is when everybody is sending players down uh, at that time, right at the end of camp, they're going to try and sneak Caden Primo, throw waivers. And... I get, and I suppose my question for you is, even even though I have my own thoughts on this, if they trade Jake Allen, are you comfortable going into this season with a Montembeau Primo one A one B pairing? Not necessarily. <laughs> I have a lot of faith in Samuel Montembeau, but uh, I'm a little bit worried about how Caden Primo has played in the NHL. Thus far, for whatever reason, he seems to be able to play in all of the lower levels, all the way from college or whatever he started, all the way through to the AHL. He plays phenomenally. And then you bring him into the NHL, and for whatever reason, he completely forgets how to goalie. So I'm not super confident, but like again, like this is a make-or-break year, and it's also not the end of the year if the Canadians do not finish very high in the standings. And I think my thing with Caden Primo is here. He had a couple of games when he got called up when the Canadians were still a semblance of a team where he played well behind the defense in front of him. He had a good-looking showing. And then when the team got poorer in front of him, he could not handle the speed and pace that was played in front of him in terms of attack. He had to play like the Avs and the Leafs. And in all these games where it's just like, we are throwing you to the Wolves. And it's unfortunate because it's a lot of it. That's the impression that a lot of people have is that ah, he's never going to make it. And maybe, maybe that's true. I, who knows? I am obviously not a, you know, goaltending expert. We will have one on this week as we confirm final details on that. I look at him playing the AHL where he still has his foibles, which every goalie does. 
but he looks so much more composed and put together in those games that I go, how is there not an NHL goalie in here? And I think it is a huge vote of confidence in it. Like if he comes in and has a humongous preseason, and I assume he will play plenty of games in this preseason because they will rest some of their veterans. You're not going to see a lot of the AHL goalies, at least not right away, but I think you'll see Strauss, man. You'll see Jakob Dobish. You will see Caden Primo in a lot of these games here, which is fine. That's what they are here for. If he has a big preseason and looks put together, I think the Canadians might be like, well, all your goalies went down. Do you want Jake Allen? They have retention slots. They're only retaining on Joel Edmondson. So they have two more slots to retain there. I'm like, I'm with you on this, that I am not thrilled about it. I need to see a lot from Caden Primo in this, but it is the storyline to watch because sooner or later they got a pooper get off the pot in terms of this goaltending prospect, especially with all the other ones they have coming here. And if you thought us talking about goaltenders was a little bit nerve wracking about the choices Ken Hughes has to make, we're going to get into the forward group next. There's a lot of decisions to make. There's a lot of battles. There's a lot of potential chaos to happen in this group. And the biggest thing is, where do you put your ice Lefkowski this season? We're going to get into all that and more coming up in our next segment. But today's show is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. And if you want to take your first swing at betting on Major League Baseball and get 10 times your first bet amount in bonus bets up to $200, you got to do that at FanDuel Sportsbook. That's right. For just 20 bucks, you can get $200 in bonus bets, win or lose on your first bet. And you can you bet on the money line, the over-under, who's going to hit the first home run, and more. All on an app that's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Plus, if you hit it big, guess what? Cash out immediately, take your winnings, and go celebrate. There's no better place to bet on the MLB than a FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. If you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, you can get up to $200 in bonus bets back. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of Major League Baseball, and us here at Locked On. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. We have so much fun content coming up for y'all. We are having a goaltending expert on. I need to nail down our recording time tomorrow. We are going to be talking Jacob Fowler and so many other things. You're not going to want to miss that. Laura has some fun guests lined up for when I am out of town close to the end of the month. And the other big news is, and we want everyone to pay attention to this, starting next Sunday, so our Monday episode, which we will record on the 17th, it is the start of our three-a-week program. We will be going out into our off-season mode. You'll get three shows of us a week, but don't worry. We have plenty of content to get through this summer with all of you. Laura, are you ready to discuss the Montreal Canadiens potential forward group and how much it makes our brain hurt trying to put together a lineup of this, not knowing who or who will not be here? I almost removed myself from this episode by mistake. <laughs> Sorry, I got a little bit distracted by that. I literally almost kicked myself out of this recording. Um, I'm very excited to talk about the forward group. Uh, absolutely. Um, I think I think the day that we go to three times a week is the 17th. So we'll be recording that on the 16th. Yes, that Sunday. Yes. Yes. Sorry. Um, I was trying to figure out when we were going back to three days a week and I literally almost kicked myself out. All right. The Canadians have a lot of forwards. Uh, They have some forwards that they're going to try and get rid of. We don't know who they are, but let's discuss. So for those who are watching on YouTube, please make sure you're subscribed on YouTube because this is a lot easier because I have a graphic 
that I put together before the show from NHLarmchairgm.com. I'm putting that up on the screen here. And the biggest thing is my lineup looks to like this right now on screen. It is Rafael Harvey Pinard, Nick Suzuki, Cole Caulfield on line one, Uri Slavkovsky, Kirby Doc, Alex Newhook on line two, Mike Hoffman, Sean Monahan, Josh Anderson on line three, Yol Armia, Jake Evans, Brendan Gallagher on line four, Jesse Alonen, and Michael Pozzetta on the bench. I have managed to trade Christian Dvorak in this scenario. The return is question mark, question mark, question mark, because I don't know what a trade for Christian Dvorak looks at right now. Rem Pitlick Let's is in the Let's say or HL. prospects. And so I was talking with Nathan and some other people at Eyes on the Prize about this, because I, I wanted to get their thoughts also on lineup construction here. And the Ducks are currently $8 million below the cap floor. Below the cap floor. Not the cap ceiling, the cap floor. They have a lot of cap space. And my thought is they've made some moves to be a little bit more competitive this year. And I'm wondering if Christian Dvorak going out there and being a 3C where guys like Zegris and other players are going to take a lot of draws and draw a lot of that competition there. I look at this lineup and go, there are two names that they got to get out of here, like have to, if they want to get every prospect in the lineup here and that's Hoffman and that's Dvorak just because I don't see how they fit. And I don't think anyone's buying on Gallagher Armia based on the term of their contract at this exact moment. And for Rem Pitlick, you can just bury him in the AHL. If he gets claimed on waivers, he gets claimed on waivers. You're not, you're not heartbroken over the fact. I think it'd be a very fun ad for the rocket again as well, but not the end of the world. And now that Alex DeBrinkett is been traded out of Ottawa to Detroit for next to nothing, LOL. Uh, I am curious. And the, the biggest name out there in terms of free agent forwards is Vladimir Tarasenko. And it's been suspiciously quiet on that front. He was rumored to be going to Carolina. Then he changed agents and we haven't heard anything since. I'm wondering if the Canadians are just going to say, we will retain half of Hoffman's contract give us something here and move that out. Same thing for Christian Dvorak, but Laura, I guess out of those two, who do you think it is more necessary that the Canadians really move on from if they had to, like if they have to pick Hoffman or Dvorak, which is the name that you're choosing to just get, get out the door at that point. I think it's Dvorak because he has more potential for return. And also the Canadians have way too many centers that some of them are going to be playing wing. Yeah. And I, I think that's a big point. There's that Dvorak can play center and wing Hoffman is purely just a wing and you can never have too many centers. I'm looking at the Canadians lineup here. Uh, Suzuki's a center. Doc's a center. New hooks, a center. Monaghan's a center. Uh, Jake Evans is a center. You can have, uh, Pizzetta play center on the fourth line too as well. I I just think that I'm wondering if that if the term that extra year on Dvorak's contract for a team that is not contending this year might be appealing. That hey, we go into next year and we have a veteran center here to take some pressure off of some of the kids here. He's not going to go back to Arizona. The NHL has kind of put a kibosh on that for a number of things. But I'm wondering if Anaheim makes sense there. Just give them a veteran guy win some draws, depth scoring role behind Zegris and, and Leo Carlson even now, and seeing what becomes of that. I think that's the best way to go. The other thing with, with Hoffman is that he feels like a guy who will have more value at the deadline. 
less value in the off season. Whereas with Dvorak, it's the opposite. So I just think that Dvorak is going to be the way to go. I guess my part with that too is if someone does come knocking for Hoffman, do you just take whatever you can get and you just go, okay, out the door and you, you've won free up four and a half million dollars in cap space. If he goes all at once, which I don't think is going to be a thing that happens. I think there's going to be salary retention there. And then my question now becomes, do you put new hook at center or on the wing where Monahan can maybe be a center or a wing like he was last year? Because in this lineup, I gave Harvey Pinard a top line spot because I thought he played well there last year. I can also be convinced to put Uri Slavkovsky in that same spot. And he's the big one they got to find a spot for. Yes, he alone and sitting on the bench. He's an NHL player. But with Guy, it, 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 this is where it's hard because I even traded Dvorak off of this roster and I can't get new hook a center spot because I think Monahan's more entrenched there. But I am willing to give New Hook a shot there. They, no matter what, unless they get rid of Hoffman and Dvorak, there's a prospect sitting, and I don't think that's what fans want. Harvey Bernard can go down to the AHL without waivers. Jesse Alonen cannot, but I don't think the Canadians are even going to bother trying to send him down there after the season he had. And that leaves, in terms of people who can go down without waivers, it's Harvey Bernard and Yuri Slavkovsky. That's it. And we already know what's if what would you send Uri Slavkovsky to the AHL if it meant that Jesse Lonen got in the lineup while they sorted out the Mike Hoffman situation? Depends on how they're going to play him in the AHL. <laughs> like, I assume he'd end up on the top line. He'd play with Leah Sanderson, I would assume. I want him to play like a lot of minutes. So like if it's going to be worth it for that reason, I would I would do that. But otherwise, there's no point. I, and, I, and the thing is, I, I get to put on my I am a Laval rocket, Laval rocket, you know, expert, expert in quotation marks for those who are not watching the video here. He adds a ton to this team that they do not have. And he fills in that role and it is a learning opportunity, but the optics of the Canadians sending into the AHL, it's like when they sent Caulfield down during the first Ducharme year, because anyways, it doesn't look great but it might also be the right move. It gives them time to say, Hey, we don't want to give you no ice time at the NHL level. We still want you to play, but we're be- going to be able to guarantee you 16, 17 minutes a night in the AHL on their, in their top six there with Elias Anderson, with a Mitchell Stevens, etc., playing opposite Joshua, Wah, getting to work with some of these guys that he's going to come up with because on this roster too, Sean Farrell's not on this roster. I, I tried and I cannot fit Sean Farrell on this roster right now because there's too many bodies to go out. So you put Slavkovsky and Farrell together and maybe a kidney, maybe a wah, or you put him with a Mitchell Stevens. You put him with, uh, like I said, a Leah Sanderson here, and you can cr- unlock some of that offensive potential. There, they're creative players. They're efficient players at what they do. I don't envy Ken Hughes in this situation because it's not – it's not a good spot. You have Pizzetto who you just gave two years and he earned that contract. You're going to want him in the lineup, but you don't want to bench Jake Evans. Who's been a solid center. You can't, you don't want to have Armia sitting in the, in the press box at 3.4 million. You can't scratch Brendan Gallagher. You're not going to, it's six and a half million dollars. You're not going to send Hoffman to the press box. You're not going to send Josh Anderson to the press box. It's a lot of cleanup from the previous organization still. And there's going to be some tough choices. And I really do think, 
Slavkovsky might just end up in the AHL based on numbers alone and because he can go through waivers without worrying about being claimed at this point. Uh, and if you thought there were tough decisions in the forward group here, uh, the defense is going to, no matter what, there will be a prospect or a fan favorite sitting in the press box or in Laval. We're going to get into all that and more coming up in our final segment. We are back here at Locked On Canadians. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at LO underscore Canadians, Locked On Canadians at gmail.com for your questions. Follow Laura at the active stick. Follow myself at Scott Matla. So I now currently have pulled up the non-roster spots for the Montreal Canadiens in the AHL. Uh, I can eliminate a couple of names on here just because they will not be in the AHL. Owen Beck is on here. He will not be here. And David Reinbacher, I believe, is going to be going back to Europe. So I'm just eliminating both of them from this pool on here uh, in the AHL. But we are talking defense, and I am looking at the AHL defense right now after I've sent Chris Weidman down off of this uh, this little chart here. As you can see, there is no Chris Weidman. And on defense, I have Matheson Gooley, Harris Savard, Kovacevic, and Justin Barron. And in the press box currently is Arbor Jacki. Chris Weidman is down in the AHL. I can hear you all yelling at me currently. It doesn't get much better down in the AHL, even if I remove David Reinbacher from this. There are seven defensemen in Laval right now, only one of whom isn't signed, and that is Nicolas Baudin, who I believe will be back. He was sent a qualifying offer. Laura, this is this is tough because David Savard's got another year after this one, and I don't think they want to trade all the vets out of the defense here, but they got a lot of prospects who need to play. We know Gooley will play, and we know Harris will likely play. They just gave him a nice extension. But, oh boy. Uh, there the, the lineup back is... on the screen? <laughs> what now? Can you put yes. the lineup back on the screen? Yes, I can. Um, just because I'm trying to figure out who gets left out in favor of somebody who's a prospect. I, I, I don't see it. I, I literally don't. And, like, I can... The thing about Jonathan Kovacevic is I think he's a perfectly fine third pairing defenseman. He's the one that I think they might, you know, be that he might be the sacrificial lamb here, so to speak, is that they want to get Jack guy in the lineup as a prospect and who has a little bit more upside there. But then I look at the AHL, a guy like Nicolas Baudin was on the cusp of an NHL call up and got injured. Jaden Struble will be looking for NHL time in the near future. If he continues to uh, grow, same with William Trudeau. We're going to see what Logan Mayu can do if his offensive prowess is enough to get him into the NHL and continue to improve the other parts of his game here. Matthias Norlander is somehow the most experienced defenseman in the AHL out of the group that is here right now in terms of pro hockey. I mean, yes, Brady Keeper or um, Brady Keeper. If I have his name wrong, I'm very sorry. It only says B Keeper. B Keeper. It's going to sting you. Um, is older as a veteran on here, but in terms of prospects, Matthias Norlander is the gray beard of this group, which is a wild statement to say out loud. No matter what happens here, there are going to be games where a prospect will sit. Jordan Harris will sit games. Justin Barron will sit games. Arbor Jack, I will sit games because again, they need to move bodies out. But I look at this defense. They're not trading Matheson. They'd be insane to do so. 
And I don't think they're going to get rid of Savard going into the season because they want a veteran guy to be that mentor there. And sometimes the kids, and I call them kids because they are still new to the professional game, need that kind of influence. And maybe David Savard gets bumped down a pairing and Justin Barron or Arbor Jacki moves up to play with Jordan Harris. I'm not opposed to that, but like, it, this is different from the forward group where it's like, ah, just trade somebody. I don't really think there's anyone they can trade in this group or want to trade in this group. It means people are going to go to the AHL, whether we like it or not. Arbor Jacki is not eligible for waivers. Justin Barron is not eligible for waivers. Caden Gooley is not eligible for waivers. Jordan Harris is not eligible for waivers. They can all be sent down. I don't expect Gooley or Harris to potentially be set down. I do think that one of Barron or Jacki will be playing AHL games this year just because it's the way the cookie crumbles a little bit. And I know I've talked a lot here, but Laura, like I'm not losing my mind any more than usual, right? No, I think it's honestly, it's, it's a tough decision to make. And I think basically everybody, you kind of risk just losing them on the waiver wire. It's like, you're not going to send David Savard down. You know what I mean? Like that's not going to happen. I know, you know, the Canadians in the past have sent veterans down. Um, it did not go well. But I'm just I'm just trying to see. And it's like the Canadians will lose somebody. And hopefully it's not somebody valuable. Like, I can see them trying to sneak Kovacevic through like the Jets did. And there might be a team out there who goes two more years and a perfectly fine, you know, bottom third defenseman. We'll take it. And then, yeah, maybe it does the Canadians some good. But also... I like Jonathan Kovacevic as a player and that, that entails some personal feelings in this, that maybe that's why I don't want this to go a lot of tough choice. And it's only going to get harder when you add Lane Hudson to the mix, David Reinbacher to the mix, Adam Engstrom to the mix. When guys like Mayu, Trudeau, Struble, everybody has grown another year. The decisions aren't going to get easier. Luckily for them, David Savard will have a year off his contract Kovacevic will have a year off his contract. And then maybe then they start moving other bodies out. The Canadians have a ton of opportunity to do things here. If they can trade a guy like Christian Dvorak off the roster or Mike Hoffman and create some cap space, they have the opportunity to do more things with that and to give themselves flexibility going into the cap, jumping up a lot here where they can make a splash. All I know is that the Montreal Canadiens opening night lineup is it's far from set in stone. There was a lot of summer left. This is July 10th at 7.40 p.m. Eastern time. This lineup that I created here will probably change a dozen times by the time training camp rolls around. We would love to see what your opening night roster looks like right now. Uh, use cap friendly. Use the website I did. Tweet the tweet your lineups at us at LO underscore Canadians. Email them to us at LockdownCanadians at gmail.com. We want to hear your thoughts on who's going to go down, who's going to stay up, who might surprise and earn a roster spot. We want to hear from all of you. Remember, you can follow Laura at The Active Stick. You can follow myself at Scott Matlab. Make sure you subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube so you can see our shining faces and the charts that we have in there. We've got plenty more stuff coming up this week. And, folks, we will see you all next time.